This is Culture and Conversations. I'm your host, Jamison Smallwood. You're a part of the conversation. Let's get it. So glad you guys are listening, however you're listening, wherever you're listening from. We have a great conversation that I'm going to bring to you. No cultural critique, but just a great conversation. Avery Giles is a graduating senior from Alabama A&M, and Avery is preparing himself for the biggest job interview of his life, and that is to play in the National Football League. He brings us his perspective and takes us through his process as he prepares his mind, body, and soul to be a part of this process of being drafted possibly or trying out to make a football team. So we want to just bring this conversation to you guys and give you a chance to hear more from him up next on the Culture and Conversations podcast. I'm Jamison Smallwood, and this is Culture and Conversations, and we thank you for being a part of the conversation. I had the opportunity to sit down and chat with Avery Giles. Avery is a graduating senior from Alabama A&M, and he is pursuing a career in the National Football League. And I had the privilege of coming to meet Avery because I actually work with Avery's mom in my day job. And his mother um, has always been a very big supporter of her son. And she brought him to the office one day, and I noticed this gigantic human being who made me feel average (laughs) walking the halls of our company. And I introduced myself and just got a chance to talk to him. He's a wonderful guy, and I'm so glad he has his opportunity set before him to try out for the NFL. So we want to definitely you know, let you guys hear his story up next on the Culture and Conversations podcast. I have on the phone Avery Giles. Avery is preparing himself to play in the NFL. Avery is a graduating senior from Alabama A&M, and he is preparing himself for the process of transitioning from college football to professional football. Avery, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. I am glad that we had an opportunity to speak to each other. You know, I appreciate you take, making time for our conversation and to share some of your experiences with my audience. Likewise. So one of the things that I was curious about when I first, you know, obviously had a chance to meet you and, you know, I work with your mother in my day job and, you know, she was always, she's always been bragging about you and, 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 and is so excited about you getting to this point in your career. One of the things I wanted to know about you was just tell me a little bit about your background playing football who introduced you to playing football and, you know, what did football mean for you early on? Well, as a, as a kid, I, I dabbled in, you know, every sport, you know, like uh, it wasn't football specific, but definitely knew that um, I was going to involve myself in some type of, you know, athletic sport. Um, and that was just through my grandfather. Like he would just, you know, take me out in the yard, kick the soccer ball around, throw a baseball around, shoot basketball, like, you know, you name it. If it, you know, if it's a sport, chances are we had the equipment to play it, and me and him were outside, you know, playing it together. But as far as you know, football specifics, that came from um, my uncle Darius. Um, my cousin Devonte, he was uh, real big in the sports also, and um, he was uh, actually playing for the Brookwood Broncos out here in Gwinnett. Okay. Uh, the little league team and. Um, 
I, you know, at this point had never played a organized sport, uh, especially not football. My mom wasn't too for that at the time, you know, <laughs> just like every other kid's mom. So, um, she didn't want you to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, she didn't want, you know, her baby running around there getting hurt and stuff like that, you know. She didn't look at the, the upsides, of, you know, uh, what football could do. But um, uh, so one day I was staying with my Uncle Darian, and uh, he just drove me around, and um, I, he bought me a bunch of football equipment, everything I would need, and then he took me to practice and signed me up and um, acted like he was my dad. And from that point on, uh, I was just, you know, playing football, everything I do. You know, is it pretty much revolved around football. If I wasn't, you know, in season, I was training mm-hmm. for the next season, and you know that just from the age of seven to um, to now. I mean, everything has been, you know, football and in school. So Avery, help us understand a little bit about you in terms of football. What position do you play, and how tall are you, and how big are you? Okay, well, I'm a interior defensive lineman. Okay. Um, but I would definitely say my specialty is nose guard. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm six foot, 330 pounds, 325, depending on what I eat. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So, yeah. You know, that, that fluctuates, you know, and my trainer and my agent, they be on me about that. But, um, yeah, uh, pretty much all interior D linemen. Uh, D-line stuff, you know, three technique. I can dabble in three tape. Um, but at A&M, we played a three-man front, so uh, I was, you know, the primary nose guard, zero technique. Yeah. Now, help me understand the uh, technique talk because there is an element to that, that that determines where you line up relative to the offensive lineman that you're going against. Yes. All right, so um, when I say a zero technique, um, that is head up the center. Okay. It uh, snaps the ball for anybody who, you know, might be listening and does not play football or watch football. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the defense, I'm the guy who stands right in front of him. Okay. Now, if I, if I stand to the left or right of him, that is a one technique. Now, if I move to the left or right, the next guy over, those are the offensive guards. Okay. All right? So on them, pretty much the way they teach us in football, the man is split into three different positions, right? Okay. You have the inside shoulder of the guard is a two-eye. Okay. If you're head up the guard, that's a, a two. Okay. If you're outside, uh, if you're his outside shoulder, that's a three technique. I got you. So pretty much interior defense alignment is from outside shoulder of the guard the other outside shoulder, the other guard on the other side. Okay, okay. And depending on what the defense, the defense, defensive coordinator wants in terms of a, your positioning, you know, you have to specialize in certain techniques to 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 play that position, right? Oh yes, sir. Like my position, um, pretty, the main thing I do at my position is demanding a double team, and when I get the double team. Um, not be not giving ground on it. You know, uh, I definitely don't want to be moving backwards. That's why uh, people in my position are usually, you know, among the shorter guys. You know, wider bodies. You know, the heavier. Where my position is the heavier D lineman. Mm-hmm. Because you because you take on two players, and you have to keep those two players occupied so that 
your linebackers can run free to make tackles and and to get penetration if they need to on the quarterback. Yes, sir. All right. So the Culture and Conversations podcast audience knows that I now know a little bit about football because <laughs> <laughs> I was able to talk with you about it. Let's let's transition back away from some of the technical talk to talk about just what this process has been for you. You know, you know, I know a little bit about your story um, because you've been able to share some of that with me. And you just talked about how, you know, you, you didn't you were coming out of high school and you didn't take you didn't take the process of preparing for football academically um, as, as, as seriously as you, you should have in order to get to maybe some of the larger schools. But you realize that, you know, once you when you got to college and you started seeing people that you played with go on to play in the NFL, you got serious and you said, OK, I can I can do the same thing. Tell me that story about your teammate who you saw get drafted and uh, what that what that meant to you to inspire you to want to play at the next level. Well, uh, my teammate that uh, you're speaking of is Anthony Lanier. Uh, he's number 72 for the uh, Washington Redskins. And um, he uh, actually brought me in to A&M, uh, him and Enrique and uh, Dave. When you come, when you go to a college as an athlete, to uh, they allow you to visit the schools before you sign your scholarship because uh, scholarships are kind of permanent. You sign a national letter of intent, and after you sign that, you kind of uh, it's, it's a contract. You you binded yourself to the school, mm-hmm. so there there's no there's after you sign that piece of paper, there's no going back. You have to attend that school, or you can't attend any school unless you get a release, and it's a whole process. So um, they allow you to take visits to the school, and um, Anthony Lanier, we call him Spoon. <laughs> um, he was you know best friends with Enrique, Dave, and all those. Uh, he, they were, Enrique and Dave were also D-linemen. And, um, you know, he just kind of brought me in and was always, those three guys were always, uh, uh, you know, you know, big brother figures to me, you know. Um, as a, as a freshman, I ended up starting because Enrique got hurt. So, um, I was thrown into the starter role with, you know, Dave and, uh, Spoon. Spoon played right next to me. He was my three tech. And I was the nose guard. Okay. And um, so, you know, I was always, you know, next to him. I mean, if I had a question, he was the, the guy I asked. You know, being a freshman out there, I didn't – you know, there was a lot of stuff you don't know. When the bullets get to flying, it it, it gets rough out there when you're not 100% sure about, you know, your, your, uh, your alignment, your assignment, stuff like that. And, you know, he would always make sure I was good because as a, as a D-line, everybody has to do right, mm-hmm. you know. Or the whole unit is going to suffer. Yeah. So it's easier to just, you know, make sure everybody has it. And, you know, you can't – D-line is not a position where you can worry about yourself. Well, it, really, there's no position on the football field where you can just worry about yourself. That's the true. The D-line definitely isn't one of them. And um, he just, you know, always was just, you know, like that big brother figure. And, um, you know, when time came for him to uh, for him to go through this process and stuff, you know, I'd always ask him questions about, you know, like what – you know what is uh what does your agent do for you and you know how do you how do you pick an agent mm-hmm. and, you know just questions that I had of stuff that I knew he went through and you know he was always more than glad to answer and you know he's still a guy that I can you know pick the phone up and call anytime and he'll answer. Yeah, I, one of the things that you you point to there is the importance of having people around us who we can ask questions of when we go through unfamiliar processes. 
And, you know, it's nice to have a resource like that where not only do you know him and he's a friend, but he was able to navigate through that process of getting to the NFL so he can give you insight into the process also because, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted you on the pot wanted you on the podcast, Avery, is because there's no there's no book I know of out there or website to to go to that shows people how to get from college to the NFL if they're a football player, you know. So, you know, I wanted to be able to obviously bring some of the, those insights and some of those those perspectives, you know, to my audience. So, Avery, what do you hope that playing in the NFL will give you the opportunity to do? Oh, uh, well, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, to continue my football career, I mean, I've been playing since I was seven. Okay. You know, the, one of the hardest things about playing football is it, it's definitely, you know, a big part of your life. If you think about everything in your life, you're, you can pretty much do it till you're dead, all right? But football is one of those things where it, it's a young man's sport. You can okay. only do it for so long. And it's something that you invest your whole life into. Sure. And then when you're about 30, if you're lucky, you can't do it anymore. I and for you. the people who aren't lucky enough to make it till you're 30, it's 18, it's, you know, 20. If you made it to college, it's, you know, all you could do is manage to play till high school. You, you get cut off at 18. So, I mean, I've been lucky enough to push and stretch my college career or my football career out through college. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's, I mean, of course, the main thing is I, I would love to continue to, um, to be a football player. I mean, I guess I'll always be considered a football player, but I want to continue to play football. And, um, the next thing would definitely be uh, just to, you know, take care of my family and stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a great opportunity financially mm-hmm. um, playing in the NFL is. And um, it would definitely, you know, free up a lot of, you know, you know, just stuff. It makes stuff a lot easier. Um, and that that's, that's just, I mean, that's, I guess that's the gist of it, you know, set, you know, just set my life up, you know, not saying that I, I got to be one of those guys who, you know, goes in and plays 10 years. But I mean, if you play one year in the NFL, you've made more than a lot of people have, you know? Yeah, definitely. Now, I just feel like it would make, you know, tr- transition into to regular life a lot easier. Because I mean, being how I was with football and that it was either the season or I was training, you know, there's a lot of things in life that I haven't done. Like I've never had a job. Okay. You know, like I, I don't, I don't know what it is to work a job. Mm-hmm. So football has awarded me that luxury. Like I never had to, when going through college, I didn't have to worry about paying for a place to live. I didn't have to worry about playing for, for food. It was all provided to me for free due to my athletic ability. Sure. So, you know, as long as I can keep getting my athletic ability to pay for stuff, <laughs> I'm <gonna> do it. <laughs> no, that, that, that's a real answer, man. I think um, one of the things that, a lot of football players and pro athletes in general have to deal with when they're at the end of their playing career is, is developing some sense of structure and routine that is that regular folk quote unquote have, you know, have in their lives. Because like you said, you've never had to, you know, pursue a job. You never had to, 
worry about how you're going to support yourself. Football is always giving you that opportunity. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's a I think that's a very real desire to want to continue to play so that you can continue that lifestyle and advance yourself um, financially and get yourself a position, you know, to to transition out of football one day into the you know into the regular world. You know, um, one of the things that I'm always I'm always curious about is, you know, obviously, you know, obviously, I know you're, you'd be happy to play for any team. So. You know that 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 doesn't that doesn't um, you know that doesn't have to factor into your 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 decision making process because at this point you're just hoping to to be picked and uh, to get opportunity to play. But you know what will playing in the NFL mean to your family and all of your loved ones? I think it would, I think it would mean a lot, but not because of anything having to deal with them, per se. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, of course, my mom would love to say that her son plays in the NFL, and I'm sure she would love to be able to quit her job and stuff like that. Sure. But, you know, um, I think more of it would, you know, be because I've worked for so long at, to get to this point. Sure. You know, and to see me achieve it, I feel like would bring them more joy than anything. You know, um, I mean – They've seen me since I was seven running around till, you know, my last college football game. And, you know, they just every step of the way have been there supporting me. And, you know, they've seen everything that the game has put me through, through, you know, injuries, you know, ups and downs of season, stuff like that. To finally see, you know, pay off by reaching the pinnacle of your sport, which, I mean, the NFL is the the pinnacle of my sport. Like, once you reach the NFL that you have – you have maxed out what football can do for you. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. there's no step past the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I think that would be that's what it would mean the most to them. I don't I, I don't I don't think they you know care about the the money or you know anything that has to do with that aspect of it. Just to be able to see me you know achieve what I've worked so hard for would you know, definitely bring a lot of joy to them. Definitely. Definitely. This is a, this is a question I'd like to ask you too, Avery. If you could go back and talk to seven year old Avery about this moment, what would you tell him and why? Uh, see, that's, that's difficult because I'm the type of person who believes that, uh, you know, if if I had the opportunity to affect things in my life that may have went, you know, not how I necessarily planned them to go or wanted them to go, I'm the type of person that even though I would like to change them, I wouldn't. Okay. You know, because if I if say say if I did change something in my life that you know might have. Like uh, like my grades being bad, me not taking school seriously or something. Okay. <clears throat> well, if I if I change that and I end up going a different direction in my life, well, who who who's to say that I would have ended up at this point? Sure. You know what I'm saying? And so that's that's why it's hard. I mean, if I mean, I guess I would just tell them, you know, just stay the course. You know, like you know, it'll all work out. 
you know, it's all going to work out no matter how, you know, it seems at the time it's all going to work out because at the end, everything, you know, I, I always believe everything's going to work out no matter how bad it is at the time, it'll all work out. So I, I, I definitely wouldn't want to change anything, you know, because I feel like everything that you go through makes what, what, what we're sitting here as right now. No, that's so if true. I change one thing, it, you know, it, it might have been something small, you know what I'm saying? Like, if, like when I broke my arm, if I'd have, you know, not ran over there on that play and not broke my arm, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know what that would affect. So I just, I don't know. I don't think I would tell him anything that would make him alter any decisions. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's a real, I think that's a really good answer because you wouldn't be the person you are today with you know without those experiences that you had for sure for sure and and those experiences the ones we call good or the ones we call bad those help inform us and help us help shape us into the people we are today you know and you know i think that's a great way of looking at it you know obviously you know you could always try to go back and redo things but to your point that's not that's not going to change. That wouldn't necessarily change you for the better. You know, that, that could possibly make mm-hmm. things actually worse. So, you know, so I, I think you I think your story is fascinating to me, Avery, because you're, you're preparing for one of the, in, in, in professional terms, one of the biggest job interviews ever. You know, there's only, there's only um, a few, th- there's only a few thousand people, who do what you do or are trying to do what you do professionally. And, mm-hmm. and it's a very, it's a very competitive environment and it's a very difficult one at, from times, you know, at times uh, to, to, you know, to, to stay in. So, you know, what makes you competitive? What drives you to succeed? What is it that gives you the motivation to pursue your goals the way that you have? Uh, well, first and foremost, I don't like people being better than me. You know, <laughs> like if uh, if we're if we're if we're running, okay. See, but see, I don't like people being better than me. But I have bounds to my competition. You know, like there's boundaries. Okay. So you know what I'm saying? Like if we're running, I don't necessarily have to be the fastest guy out there, but I have to be the fastest big guy out there. That makes sense. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm not going to beat my corner in a race, but I'm not going to lose to this old lineman over here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, as far as things that I know that I can excel in, like, I I pride myself when I was at A&M, I was always the strongest guy on the team. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there was – like, you might have me in, in like, my backup nose guard. He was, he was a stronger squatter than me. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But overall, like, I just have to, I have to be, I can't, I can't know that I'm inferior. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, if we're in the same room, I have to be better than you. Yeah. Like something. Like it, something. And it, it, it doesn't just stop at football. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it goes to everything. I mean, like, I'm, I'm competitive in everything that I feel like, you know, some things in the world you don't need to be competitive with, you know? But everything that I feel is a competition Mm-hmm. I'm competitive with, you know, is this wearing, you know, nice clothes. Like, I, hey, if we're in a competition, I feel like I have to be better than you. Yeah, no doubt. 
it, that's a that's an innate drive for you. I um I'm curious, how much do you bench? Uh my max that I've done is like five thirty. <laughs> yeah, that's strong, man. That's strong. Yeah. The uh, you know, the combine they have a test, they do the they do the two twenty five for as many reps as you can. You know, what uh what are your numbers in terms of, of benching two twenty five? How many times can you do that? Well my best was uh thirty. But see, I just did my pro day. I did my pro day and I messed up and I only hit twenty three. Ah. And I was I was I was pretty disappointed in myself about that. But mm. you know, one of those things. Yeah, yeah, no, the it, the physical body sometimes, man, it, it it can it can disappoint us in moments, you know, and uh, yeah, and uh, but that's still that's still strong, man. That's still strong. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, you, I mean, those are those are the types of things that 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 are interesting to me because, you know, one thing about it, people may not be able to be an NFL football player, but the 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 competitiveness that you talk about. We need that in different parts of our lives because we're all aspiring. We're all striving for different things. We're all hoping for mm-hmm. different things. And being competitive sometimes is what we need in order to get to that next, that next goal or that next milestone towards a goal. And, uh, you know, I like that you said that you have boundaries to it because, yeah, you can't be competitive in everything because sometimes that's a bad, that's a bad trait to have in certain relationships or certain situations. Um, but, Definitely. But, you know, like you said, you know, you like to try to be competitive. Now, in this whole process, you know, you're preparing for the opportunity to play in the NFL. You know, what happens if at the end of all of this process, you're not an NFL football player? What does what do you, what are your plans or your hopes after that? Oh, well, I mean, going into this, I that was that was already built in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I. I knew that there was a chance that at the end of you know once all the dust settles that I, I might not be in the NFL. Um, so for the people who don't know, I left school to do this to train. Okay. Um, and they uh, put me in online classes so I could finish my degree and stuff. So uh, I'd finish up my degree, uh, talk it over with my agent, you know. Okay. I mean, there's other leagues, not necessarily in the NFL. I mean, we have Canadian football, stuff like that. Um, you know, just talk it over with him, see where he, he sees, you know, sees where I could fit in potentially. Um, if there's no interest, I mean, that's when uh, the transition into regular life begins. You know, yeah. like I, I go from being a football player to, to – uh, you know, just being an average person, you know, as I as I say. Well, I, I which, was, which I don't I don't mind, you know, like I don't uh, I'm not worried about the time where it comes where I have to go get a job per se. You know, uh, I actually look forward to it. You know, um, I feel like it'll it'll be uh, something different, something that I I haven't experienced. I mean, my whole life pretty much I've been a football player. I've never. Uh, I don't know what it feels like to just go home, you know, at the end of the day and have nothing to do, you know, uh, all through college. Like I, I practiced, met, trained, like, it, you know, so I, I uh, look forward to just, you know, having a, a nine to five and, uh, you know, coming home to my son and stuff.
stuff like that, you know, just the regular stuff, not traveling to a different state every weekend and, you know, waking up, body hurt and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, either way it goes, I, I'm I'm happy with, you know, the process. I just decided to take this process upon myself because, I mean, I had a, I had a lot of sit-downs going into uh, my senior season and throughout my senior season with my coaches and, you know, just asking them what, what they think I should do in, uh, in terms of, you know, this whole process and, you know, what, uh, what they feel would be the best decision for me to make, you know, in, in my situation because I, I do have a kid, you know, and um, my family helps me out a lot with my kid. But, I mean, there's going to be a time where, you know, I need to be the sole provider for my, my child and stuff. And, um, you know, I just took all that into consideration. I mean, my coach was just like, you know, uh, he was like, I can't tell you what to do, but, um, you know, you can you can look at it two ways. I mean, uh, if you don't do it, you'll you'll sit the rest of your life regretting, you know, yep. thinking about what if. What if I would have, you know, just – you know, took the opportunity, you know, see where it got me. And I, he was like, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, if you do do it and you don't make it, you just come get your degree and, you know, go on about your life. And, I mean, you tried. Yep. At the end of the day, you can't question what might have happened because you tried. Yeah. I mean, that's when I just decided to myself that you know, I was going to try. Yep. And you deserve to know, man. You know, you you deserve to know whether or not you can do it. And that's one of the things that only you can owe yourself is this opportunity mm-hmm. to, to see exactly how far you can go. And if you, if you, if you stopped short because you had self, you know, doubts and, and, and self-limiting, you know, beliefs, then you would, you would always like live with that, that question unanswered. And I think that's a great piece of advice you got from your coach was to keep going you know, to see exactly how far you can go. But one thing I'm going to tell you, man, as we wrap up our conversation about you and your journey to the NFL is that you're not an ordinary person, man. You know, you've done <laughs> you've done so much to get to this point. You've had, you know, your experiences and you've overcome a lot of obstacles and, and the difficulties of, of being a football player while getting a college degree. And, you know, I know that, you know, you've got a good support system around you as long as you keep listening to the wisdom of people who care about you and who love you. And, uh, you, I mean, I don't care how far you go into the NFL, that whole process never changes, man. Listen to people who love you and care about you. You'll, you'll, you'll have the wisdom around you and the, and the motivation to be successful. So I'm sure you'll do, I'm sure that regardless of how this great opportunity works out for you, man, you're going to be fine. Well, I appreciate the the words of encouragement, and uh, hopefully next time I'm, I'm featured on here, it can be as an a NFL player. Definitely, man. Definitely. We will definitely have you back on the Culture and Conversations podcast, man, when that happens. Thank you. Uh, I want to appreciate you. Or, uh, thank you for, you know, allowing me to, you know, just share my story to everybody listening and, you know, uh, everybody that uh, follows your podcast. And uh, I hope you continue to prosper in the, in the field and, uh, Definitely going to be tuning in to the new podcast and stuff. Well, definitely, man. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm going to um, definitely take that encouragement from you, man, and and definitely be rooting for you, man. Uh, come come draft day, and then definitely, you know, if if it doesn't happen draft day or the during the draft days, then right afterward, when when the free agents get signed, I'm definitely going to be rooting for you, man. I appreciate it. 
Thank you, Avery Giles, for stopping by the Culture and Conversations podcast. We are so glad that you have this opportunity before you, and it is our prayer and our hope that you go on to be very successful in the National Football League. That brings us to the end of yet another episode. I hope you guys enjoyed that that conversation. Uh, If you want to reach out to the show, feel free to do so over Facebook at Culture and Conversations. That's the name of the page. If you're on Instagram and you want to shout me out, Culture and Conversations, make this podcast your Man Crush Monday. Right? Do that. That sounds good. Man Crush Monday podcast. We'll be that. If you want to send me an email, culture and conversations at gmail.com. And we want to definitely continue to encourage you to write reviews in iTunes, uh, to make comments and write reviews inside of Google Play Music. It breaks the, it brings the podcast visibility up in those platforms and helps the podcast reach a larger audience. Thank you for sharing on social media. Sharing is caring. And thank you for liking on Facebook. Uh, We appreciate all of those social nods on those social platforms. Continue to let people know that you heard this great interview at Culture and Conversations. If you want to receive some swag from the show, write a comment, write a review inside of iTunes or Google Play Music. And I will do the best I can to get you a free limited edition culture and conversations mug once those are gone you might have to buy those if you want one so if you're really a fan of the show and you want one for free on uh on the house feel free to do what i've asked you to do by leaving a comment and some positive feedback to encourage uh, the show to be ranked higher on these different platforms with that said culture and conversations is a wrap i'm james the small with the host the editor the producer, the marketer, the everything right now, but more to come soon. Thank you guys once again. Peace.